So we say transform your product funnel and entertain a flow of prospects and customers. And they're like, what are you talking about? I just need more customers. And you're like, I know that's what I was saying. And so look into the words that your ideal customers use before they work with you and really just tailor your marketing language to those messages. That to me is always the path through. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I am giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and I want to welcome you to Small Biz Chat Live. I'm America's number one small business expert, and I'm so excited to be here with you tonight because I have an amazing show in store. The Small Biz Chat Podcast is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable insight and expert advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. Our goal is to give you small business advice and an opportunity to just hear from seasoned experts who are going to give you all of their secrets to business success so that you can take your small business to the next level. All right, it's time for me to introduce my guest. Now it's time for my next guest, Miss. Pam Slim. Now she is an award-winning author, speaker, and business coach who works with small business owners who are ready to scale their businesses and IP. She's the author of Escape from Cubicle Nation, Body of Work, and her latest book is The Widest Net. And I'm so excited. It's coming out actually officially on November 11th. So I'm so excited to talk to her today. Her and her husband, Daryl, co-founded the K-Main Street Learning Lab in Mesa, Arizona, where they host scores of diverse community leaders and regular small business programming. For more information, go to PamelaSlim.com slash The Widest Net. Pam, thank you so much for coming back to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I am so happy to be here. I would do anything for you. And I think you know that. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. All right. So Finding and keeping customers is such a challenge for small business owners. Why do you think that is? I think it's because people don't know where to look. It would be like saying, go on a trip, but I'm not going to tell you where. So we don't know if we're going to be going to Colorado to visit John or Philadelphia to visit you. And it becomes very overwhelming when people can look everywhere, theoretically, staring into their computer screen. So I think if we have a strategic plan, to know the places to look, 
that's going to help people to actually reach out and begin to build relationships. Now, I know that the pandemic really did make it harder to market, or did it just demand that people get a little bit more specific about their value proposition? I I honestly think it did both. And there is a component that is, when you look at different business owners, that you and I have had many conversations about this and in other settings, when folks may have been right on the edge before with their business, where they were getting by, they just had enough sales. I know here in Main Street in Mesa, a lot of our businesses that were restaurants were doing okay, but all of a sudden when everything shut down, they really just fell off the edge. And so that kind of situation is more radical when somebody needs to completely reinvent their business. And yes, a lot of people working together begin to refine their messaging. I think for other folks that might be in more of a service-based business where their clients were already global and they access them over the internet, it was easy to make some of those pivots. So it is one of those things where I, I know in my own life, my toughest times have actually made me better and stronger, but I'm telling you going through the tough time, <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Well, I just, I have a saying, you know, every kick is a boost, right? I mean, that that's basically how that works. Now, how can small business owners get more clear about their marketing message? Sometimes I feel like people are just like, I do that too. You know, like, like, it's like, there's no real specific. It's like, I tell people all the time, strategy is about creating something in your business. That's not easily duplicatable by your competitors. And I don't know that people really got that, but I feel like everything that happened in the pandemic made it be like, if you're doing something that's just okay, nobody's looking for just okay. I think it's true to me, the heart of messaging, really great connective messaging is always in the language that your ideal customers use. And I have a metaphor I use with my clients called the magic door because I used to love to read the little, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. So before people work with you, they are just living in their problem. I need money. And by the way, I'm now a super fan of our other guests because I think she's totally amazing. Kedma, great job. Before they go through that magic door, they're like, I'm dying. I need more money. Uh, not realizing they need to really fix their sales process to close more sales. Once they go through that magic door and they work with you, all of a sudden then they can have access to your vocabulary and know how you talk about things and they'll be ready for that message. Very often we speak to people with marketing language before they go through the magic door. And so we say, transform your product funnel and entertain a flow of prospects and customers. And they're like, what are you talking about? I just need more customers. And you're like, I know that's what I was saying. And so look into the words that your ideal customers use before they work with you and really just tailor your marketing language to those messages. That to me is always the path through. I love it. I love it. I, I, I think you're right on. We got to be careful. Sometimes we get into this jargon in our industry and you really got to make sure that the people you're talking to can actually hear what you're saying. So now in your new book, The Widest Net, I feel like you're trying to teach people how to find customers right in front of them. So, okay, tell us how you do that. It is really funny in so many different experiences of working with people. First of all, many people don't really think critically about every aspect of their life and where they show up and where their customers can be. I'm, I'm a soccer mom. My son, Josh, has played soccer for a really long time. And I always find it fascinating as an extrovert and somebody who loves community 
that I'll go, I've talked to all the different parents on the team. And, you know, through the years sitting on the sidelines, you begin to have conversations. I'm often the only one who knows that one of the soccer parents is actually a startup founder and he bought and sold a company and he has connections with somebody else. And so knowing sometimes just who, what does your neighbor do? What do people on the soccer field do? Believe it or not, when I do my drive through at Starbucks in the morning, I now have ongoing conversations through the days with the folks there. One person's working on a startup. One's dad has a new business. So sometimes if you just ask people more what's going on in their work life, the customers are right there. Other times, you're not just asking your ideal customers, who are the other service providers you're working with? So if you connect with them, they often have access to ideal customers that you both can share and refer. So why is it important to identify your values before you start targeting potential customers? Values, if you think about whatever your product or service is, really what it is that you sell, there are many people who are selling that. Your values are going to determine how you connect with them and everything from what marketing strategy is really going to work well with you, what are your internal policies and procedures, what kind of brand and messaging do you have? And I think our, our ideal customers automatically have a sense of why they connect with people, certain people and why they, they don't others. To me, when you talk to them about it, it's almost always because of values. And they might say, gosh, Melinda, I love how you just show up. You're always so prepared. You're positive. You bring really interesting people together and your production value is so good. That really is a value that you have about how you show up in business. I, I appreciate that. I feel like when I think about your book and just overall your body of work, I feel like what you're trying to teach people overall is the value of developing ecosystems or what you refer to as multiple watering holes in your in your customer's ecosystem. And I was wondering if you could just talk more about that, sort of like having the spirit of collaboration versus competition. Because I think that was one thing that I think the pandemic forced some people to do. It forced people to help each other because they didn't have a choice. But you have always kind of had that spirit and that philosophy. So I was wondering if you could kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, I, I really contrast that ecosystem collaborative strategy with what I call empire culture. So there is a certain business culture where you say it's all about centering yourself, building your empire, your audience or your fans and your followers, not like John was saying, your members, actually people you have a relationship with. I love to be in a situation where I center my ideal customer in the middle of an ecosystem, where by the way, they're already looking for resources and support. They're reading your book, John's book, they're, they're listening to Kedma's advice or a podcast. Our customers already are going multiple places in an ecosystem for information advice. So if you connect with a watering hole, which is just a place in person or online, where these people have been gathered by your ecosystem partners, it's so much more of an efficient way for you to begin to reach and connect with them. And I think if we center our efforts saying, how can we together find our perfect spot in the ecosystem, given our strengths, so that our focus is in solving our customers' problems completely and not in saying, I'm better than Melinda, who's better than John, and having some kind of a competition. That does not ever serve our customers, and it doesn't allow us to innovate and improve the small business ecosystem. I completely, I completely agree. 
So how do you know the best place to focus your marketing efforts? When you begin to look at all of the places in which you can be serving new customer bases, I have 10 different segments of my ecosystem wheel in the model in the widest net. And so those can be places like associations, which are huge amounts of people who can gather, let's say over a topical focus area. So if you're a business coach and you say, I wanna serve financial advisors, you can probably find so many associations that already have gathered people that way. There can be academic institutions, there can be service providers. So you operate like an accordion. First, you wanna look way out and say, where are all the possibilities in which I could connect with customers that would be a long-term scalable interest? And then you want to come in really small and say, with criteria, what are my specific business goals? What makes the most sense in terms of where it is that I should focus my efforts? Because often we're strengthening the work we're doing with customers, as John is saying, looking at your top 20% and really strengthening the work you do with them. And then if there's a new area, that's something that usually takes the more focused time of lots of seeding and connecting before it, it bears fruit. So you want to be doing a process, to me, it's usually beginning of the year, once a quarter, and little check-ins every month where you say, do I have the right places? And am I focused on the right audiences? All right. So how can Main Streets everywhere learn about supporting small businesses from online entrepreneurs? I've learned so much from my Main Street partners down here that do so much good work about creating great customer experiences. I want all of them to have email lists. I'm like, y'all need to ask people for their email because if they do some of the things we know where anytime you have a point of contact and you make sure that you get the person's email list and then provide useful, informative information to entice people to come back, to buy again, you might feature your favorite customers and who's not going to show all their friends their feature in their favorite cafe's email newsletter. I think some basic tools like that can really be effective for our Main Street businesses. I love it. I love it. All right. Last question. What is the best business advice you've ever gotten? I was on a panel at South by Southwest with Guy Kawasaki, who is a great friend and who gave me a big break many years ago when he posted my blog post on his blog. And somebody in the audience said, how do you get the attention of busy influencers? And he said, you know, people say I have the Midas touch, thinking that everything I touch turns to gold. Actually, I only touch gold. And it was just, it just struck me in the middle of my forehead. And it just always reminded me, if you want to connect with people who may have a bigger platform than you and have more visibility, you need to make sure that your body of work is excellent. That's going to increase the odds that somebody's going to want to work with you. Love it. Love it. Sam, what's your favorite app? I say TikTok. I love TikTok. I send them to my kids. I get entertained and I learn every day as a marketer. I am so impressed and excited by new things that are happening there. And even though my daughter won't let me use it yet because she's a teenager, I learn so much every day. And so it's my favorite. Yeah, TikTok University is really, really interesting. I thought people were just dancing on there too. And then I started digging in. I'm like, oh, people are actually teaching people stuff on here. Let me learn about this. So, all right, next question. Favorite old school marketing tip. Old school prospecting, people say never do cold outreach and like don't waste your time reaching out to people. I am like all day, every day. Some of the best situations that I've had is where you do strategic outreach, reach out to somebody, send them a love letter. 
it is amazing how that can open some doors. It doesn't always happen immediately, but do not really rule out old school prospecting. I love it. I love it. I'm big on handwritten notes. So I love love letters. I love that. All right. Last question. Favorite business book you ever read? Favorite business book? I got to say The Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. I love his writing. I love him as a person. And it's really long time enduring advice. Listen, thank you guys so much for coming on the Small Biz Chat podcast. Thank you so much again to my guests. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. Listen, if you're still struggling to figure out how to sell online, head on over to smallbizladyuniversity.com. For the holidays, my signature course, How to Sell and Market Online, is discounted by 50%. Look, you're never going to get it this cheap, so you better go get it now. From now till the end of November, we're going to be offering it for $4.97. So head over to smallbizladyuniversity.com and check it out. With that, I always tell you that you never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Goodbye, everybody, and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.